Welcome to the Eddie Corns Podcast. Today we are talking about Super Wildcard Weekend, all the upsets that happened and all the storylines and the fallout from those games. The NFL's Wildcard Weekend is all wrapped up and after a few really disappointing games. I think the best place to start is with the Eagles versus the Bucks. The Bucks won 32 to 9 and completely blew out the Eagles and dominated all night. It wasn't close at any stage of the game. They went up 10 nothing really quickly and it was looked over from there. So uh, Hertz really struggled. There was a ton of pressure the whole game. I think he had two seconds to throw at some point just before the half. That was what they were averaging. The offensive line that's dominated the last two seasons was terrible. Uh, they looked much older and played to their age. And now there's talks of Nick Sirianni potentially being on the hot seat and, and maybe fired a year after making the Super Bowl. And to me, that's just insane. The Eagles had a lot of turnover this offseason, and it's clearly affected their season. Sirianni lost his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator. He had to change defensive coordinator halfway through the season to Matt Patricia. So that's how you know it was so dire in that, in that defensive room that they had to change to Matt Patricia. They lost five defensive starters. They lost a ton more to injury. I just wouldn't blame this season on Sirianni at all. They've had bad luck all year. Brown didn't play the last game. He didn't play the Bucks game. He was good for about a five-week stretch and then struggled for the rest of the year. Now they've got to deal with Hertz's contract coming in. He's got $64 million owed to him in 24. That is a lot of money. They've got to extend Devonta Smith. There's a lot of changes that are going to happen to this Eagles teams again this offseason. And maybe they just missed their window, which is why it's really interesting to compare the losses of both NFC East teams. So Dallas lost 48-32 to the Packers. And at the time, that looked like the, the worst loss you could possibly have. But have the Eagles outdone them? Let's have a look. Dallas last won a Super Bowl in 1996. This looked like the year that it was could potentially happen. The 49ers looked a bit weaker. Dak was having the best season of his life. Uh, Michael Parsons was probably a top three defensive player this year, although he kind of fell off at the end. There was a ton of great signs with how efficient their offense was. There was a few things with the run game that maybe needed to be cleaned up, but overall the pass game was was really great. And um, it was clear that they really needed to capitalize on what they'd built during the regular season and winning the division, and they got smashed. Now, they have to look at extending Dak Prescott, which is really scary. Their coach is going to be fired, and it hasn't happened yet. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I would have thought it would have happened a few hours after the game. Jerry Jones is normally pretty loyal to the coaches he hired, but I don't think Mike McCarthy survives this loss. They've got to continue to work on the offensive line, which was really bad two years ago and has gotten better since. They've also played basically to the potential of everyone on their team. Their defense this season was lights out all regular season, fell apart in the playoffs. They're going to lose Dan Quinn, I would 
guess, although I wouldn't be too eager to hire him after what you saw when he was the Falcons coach and now the Cowboys defense coordinator. His defense has fallen apart in almost every playoff game he's been a part of, and that that scares me. And they didn't really beat any good teams all year. Their best win was against the Eagles, but now we know the Eagles were super fraudulent, so they didn't really have a great win. They lost to Arizona. They couldn't win away from home, and eventually it all just caught up to them. Now, the Eagles, when you look ahead to their season next year, they'll have to hire a new defense coordinator. They're going to lose Kelsey to retirement. Most likely, he walked off the field crying. He didn't deserve the loss that the Eagles sustained. He's an absolute legend. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. They're going to have to deal with Hurts, $64 million that he's now owed. They're probably going to have to extend Devonta Smith, or maybe they just let it play out and kind of watch him go into the next season and see what happens. And they've probably lost Darius Slay for all of next year, their top cornerback, after he was carted off at the very end of the Bucks game. The Eagles' future is a lot more bleak than people realise, and I, this loss is much worse than I think it's going to get credit for. Their whole offensive line is getting pretty old now, and I, I wouldn't see anyone on that, that line getting any better than what they are right now. Hurts, he's realized that last season was a bit of an outlier, and this is probably more of how good he really is. This is the potential he plays to. He's the quarterback getting paid as the top quarterback in the NFL, when he's probably more in the range of 8 to 12 when you really look at his play. The MVP ship has completely sailed with Hurts, and AJ Brown looks completely disinterested in this team, and it's going to take a big effort to try and get him back involved and fully committed to what they're doing in Philadelphia. Another team that has to look at the future and decide what to do with their quarterback is Miami, who got smashed by the Chiefs. The score was closer than what the game really was, and Tua was terrible again in big games. The only touchdown they had was the underthrown pass to Tyreek, which could have easily been intercepted. Tua was just not comfortable all night and looked pretty shaken. Now Miami have to either extend him or play out next year as a last year in his contract, and there's big risks to that. You can probably get him at a discount right now. And with the salary cap always going up, in a few years, it won't look like too bad of a contract. The issue with that is what if tours that we saw in Kansas City is really the tour we're going to get for the rest of his career. We know Tyreek is going to retire after this contract, and there's not long left on it. So this Dolphins window is dependent on Tyreek, and we know he's pretty ready to retire already. I wouldn't be keen on extending to a past Tyreek, and even that I would be nervous about. I would roll it over into next year, and if he plays really well, franchise tag him, and then potentially look to move on. There's so many options out there at quarterback. We saw it with Baker Mayfield tonight. We've seen it with Kirk Cousins, who's played really well. Ryan Tannehill, a few years in Tennessee, completely disregarded as a quarterback. He came back in and, and played really well and brought Tennessee to a one seed in the playoffs. There are people like Gardner Minshew out there who you can get for a complete discount. Goff was completely disregarded by the Rams and traded away. Um, and you could, you could have easily gotten him if you're in Miami. So there's always going to be quarterbacks out there to trade for. I mean, maybe they could even go get Russell Wilson or someone like that that 
would fit really well next to Mike McDaniel and Tyreek. Mike McDaniel is a great coach, and I, I would be really hesitant to waste what he's doing with that offense with a quarterback who could potentially ruin the ceiling of what that offense could be with Tyreek Hill. So there is a decision to make with Miami and Tua, and I, I think the right move would be to, to roll over into next year and just see what happens. You don't want to be like the Giants extending their quarterback too early. You don't want to be in a really awkward stage where you're negotiating during the season. I would just say, Tua, look, get in your best shape of your life. Go into this offseason, get as good as you possibly can because you're going into a contract year. We're not even going to talk about extensions until you play to the level we know you can play at and then see what happens. And if he comes back, he's in the best shape of his life, he just balls out, he's in the MVP conversation, then you pay him what he deserves. But right now, I just haven't seen enough success from Tua to be really comfortable paying him. Now let's turn our attention to the best game of the week, the only good game of the week Rams versus Lions the Lions won 24 to 23 in a game that was super exciting had a ton of storylines and it lived up to the hype that it was kind of touted with before the week the biggest takeaway I got from this game was in a sport that's completely dominated by by stars and and the teams with the best quarterbacks normally do really well We've seen Stroud and Allen uh, and Mahomes all advance because they're the best quarterbacks. And I, and before the week, I picked the Rams just because they had Stafford and, and Puka, and I, th- I thought that that would be enough to carry the Rams' offense past what the Lions are doing and past how good their, their offense was. But the Lions now have laid a groundwork, which is really interesting, and I th- teams like the Broncos could follow. So what the Lions have done is they've traded for a mediocre quarterback who no one thinks has high trade value. So they traded Stafford, they got a ton of picks, and they've drafted really well. They've, they haven't overthought the draft. They took Hutchinson at two, who inexplicably fell to them at two. It was a terrible decision by Jacksonville to take Trayvon Walker in the first round as the first pick in the moment, and it's only gotten worse since Hutchinson was the reason the Lions won that game, in my opinion. He had such a huge impact on Stafford and, and really hurt him in both mentally and physically, absolutely crushed him on a throat tackles and kind of just eventually broke him down and made a few huge players on third down. So that was clearly the right pick. So then what they've done is they've built on their strengths. They've doubled up on defensive line. They've continued to strengthen through free agency uh, and the draft. Then they've gone to the offensive line and said, if we're going to have a mediocre quarterback, we need to make sure he's got as much help as possible. So they've drafted Amon Ra, who was... Again, not touted very highly before the draft, but they've, they've gone to their board. They've picked the best player. They haven't drafted for need. They've drafted for want. Then in free agency, they've shored up the offensive line. And then this season in the draft, they got absolutely smashed post-draft because they took Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta in the first round, despite that they were running back and tight end and, and possibly could have got them definitely later in the first round and maybe in the second round. The Lions didn't overthink it. They didn't try and make a messy trade down and, and send a, send a, just overthink things and potentially lose that guy. They took the two best players. They had ranked the highest despite their position. They didn't draft a need. Gibbs did struggle in the Rams game, but the whole run game kind of struggled. 
uh, and he's been lights out all regular season, super dynamic. He's added a completely new dimension to their offense. While Laporta caught a touchdown, even though his knee should have snapped in half, and has been the best rookie tight end I've seen, maybe in my life. Then the most underrated part of all of this was they got the talent and then they hired the right guys to lead them. They've got Aaron Glenn as their defense coordinator, who was voted by the players as the best coordinator in the NFL. He was the Chargers coach. He got fired. I mean, it was he kind of got screwed. He was really beloved at the Chargers, and Herbert just, he was a rookie quarterback. They wanted to bring an offensive mind to help Herbert develop, and it was just bad timing, really. He was stuck with a terrible roster. He only got Herbert for one year and was a defensive coach, which just doesn't work with a rookie quarterback, according to the owners, even though we're seeing what D'Amico Ryans is doing with CJ Stroud at the moment. And they've hired Ben Johnson on the offense, who's, Maybe, other than Mike Rabel and Bill Belichick, the most sought-after head coach in waiting now. They paid him a ton of money to stay this season. It's paid off. He's the highest-paid coordinator in the NFL, and it's really worked out. He's turned this offense. He's maximized all their weapons and developed everyone really well. And they've just focused on building a team rather than chasing a a great quarterback you know the the biggest complaint Lions fans had after the draft was oh but why didn't you trade up and go get a quarterback well they just thought they didn't need one they believed in Goff they believed in him even though he's probably the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the playoffs uh, in Super Wildcard weekend and it's really paid off so the Lions have maybe Exposed a new way to build an NFL team and a really successful one. They've got the Bucks next week, and then they're probably going to play the 49ers. And as we know in the NFL, anything is possible. The Lions going to the Super Bowl is definitely not out of the realm of possibility. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow doing a cricket draft with Finlay Butcher. It's a pretty fun podcast, so I would make sure to tune in.